Welcome, survivors of the apocalypse. You've made it to the Z-Cast. Joining me in Z-Nation tonight, we have... Susan. Rhiannon. And I'm Brad, and we're glad to have you with us. Susan, what episode are we watching tonight? We are reviewing episode 110, Going Nuclear. It was written by Michael Cassett and Craig Engler, and it was directed by Nick Lyon. Okay, thanks. Yeah, we are reviewing it. We already watched it, didn't we? We did. Yes, we did. How do people contact us? Uh, drop us a voicemail at 470-30-ZCAST. That's 470-309-2278. Or go to our website, znationpodcast.com. Click the Leave the Podcast a Voicemail button on the right side. Hit record and send it. Or send us a, a Z-mail at znationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, join our live tweets on Friday nights at ZCAST fans or the group for Z Nation news and discussion at facebook.com slash groups slash Z Nation podcast. All righty. Rhiannon, what was the synopsis of this episode? The group, Sans, Addie, and Mac, are on foot in South Dakota when they stumble across Wilbur and his adult daughter, Amelia, attempting to shut down a nuclear power station. Caught in the blast radius without viable transportation, the group has to find a way to shut down the reactor or face the end of their mission. Okay. And... We have a little extra surprise for everybody. Joining us tonight on the podcast is the editor of this episode, Eric C. Anderson. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Yes. Ah, I'm excited to be here. Actually, you just said Addie and Mac at the, the recap. Oh, they weren't there. That they weren't there. Right, that Sans, they weren't Addie, there. And yeah. then our gang was, yeah, I'm going, I don't remember cutting Addie and Mac in that episode. <laughs> I said Sans, Addie, and Mac. So, yes, they weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, they were missing just a little bit. Just a little, just a little oh, bit, tiny. They're, they're they're still stuck in their dream world. Yeah, they had to recover from that and take yeah, the day off. Yeah, yeah. So Eric's going to hang out here with us as we do the discussion on the show. But first, we got a couple questions for him. Um, first one is for those who don't know, what exactly does an editor do on a TV show? That is a great question. Uh, the easiest way to explain what I do is, you know, during production they shoot, on this episode, I think I calculated they shot 22 hours of footage complete, and then I take all of that footage and will it down to 43 minutes of actual show running time. So I'll, I'll uh, in editing, I'll be judging performance, camera, of course, how the camera shot it, um, I'll be creating moments sometimes but basically i'm taking 22 minutes uh, 22 22 hours of footage and turning it into what you currently see on air wow so you're magic <laughs> yeah I, some people like to call it that i like to call it carpal tunnel <laughs> <laughs> i think if you look on if you look on my uh, twitter uh you'll see a, a cute little picture i posted on this week's episode where it shows my little finger Killed zombies like my little finger killed all the zombies this week, and that's pretty much it. You know, the little fingers do the walking over the keypad uh, and help me edit the edit the show. It's all done computer now. Back in the day, we used to cut it on film, but it's all computer based now. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it, not only in you know watching. Uh, for me, what I get out of it the most is watching the performances. Mm-hmm. In the individual takes, because mm-hmm. the actors will actually give me different readings. And a great example is, is Doc in his great line, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a doctor, damn it, I'm not a nuclear physicist. 
And he delivered that several ways. And, of course, I picked the one that I felt was the uh, funniest. And, of course, the great homage to Star Trek. It was such mm-hmm. an honor to cut that line in because I'm such a huge Star Trek fan. Uh, so to have and, – and so is uh, Craig and Michael, the writers on the show. Obviously, they are too. So to have that line in my episode, it was, it was, it was great to cut. Uh, cut yeah, in. That was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I yeah. loved it. it. It was great. I just, <laughs> I got a kick out of that, is that one. Not only on the performance too. It's like when to decide to go wide and when to be tight on a on, on a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of that. You know, of course, it, it all depends on how Nick Lyon, the director of the show, the great director of the show, um, how he shoots it. Of course, that kind of dictates how I whittle it down or edit each scene by scene. But uh, there is that control of, I, I want to go wide here. I want to be tight here for this line, for this emotional beat. Um, one example is um, when uh, um, Homer and the gang are outside of the nuclear power plant and we're wrapping up the scene where they're like, okay, we're going to go back in, the four of us. And then at the end of it, I wanted to show – there was this great shot Nick got of the whole plant in the background and all of our guys gathering around the golf cart. So I knew I didn't want to see that shot at the beginning of the scene. I wanted to save it for the end because then it's not only a visual effect because we had to affect our nuclear power plant. But um, I also wanted to see our whole cast getting ready to go on their next adventure back into the plant. And then, of course, half of them going off to get the airplane. Mm-hmm. So there's choices that uh, I'll make on that. Now, I can be overridden. You know, of course, Nick will see the show and he might not want to do that. Or Carl uh, and the other producers will see it and give me notes and say, no, we don't want to end on that. But for the most part, I felt that my instinct for the show uh, was correct. And I didn't I don't remember getting too many notes on the shots that I decided to use. It all became once I get through my editor's cut. I felt that it all became performance and story-related notes. Everybody was able to – they saw the shape of the show through my first cut, and so they were were able to focus now on, okay, what is the show about? How do our characters have to get to A to B, Um, character beats, and, of course, visual effects concerns, because this show, I think, had 300 – visual effects in it and jason key and his team um did an amazing job because they these got these poor guys only get tops three weeks to pull it together two weeks Mm -hmm. to do all the visual effects on this and the two sequences which i'm sure you're going to ask me about the robbie the robbie scene robbie the robot Mm -hmm. scene and of course our end our our core Mm -hmm. our uh, nuclear core those were two very big uh, visual effects sequences that not only were hard for me to cut, but then they had such a limited time to pull together. Oh, wow. So do they add the visual effects then after you've done your yes. editing? Or? Yeah, okay. I, cut, I cut the plates. Um, I just basically cut the scene and, and put the plates in that if plates are shot. A uh, okay. great example, if you want to get into this right now, is, is Robbie the Robot scene. They shot like uh, the legs being chopped off. 
they shot the actor with the um, laser going up the middle of his chest. They actually mm-hmm. shot the close up of the chest with the sparks coming out. Was- and then they shot the actor looking up and going, uh oh, you know. <laughs> and then they shot a plate of the head exploding. So there's three elements. And oh, and then you get into Robbie, then we have the shot of Robbie. And then we have the shot of the close up of the um, laser ball. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So that's one, two, three, four, five elements just for that, what was it, five seconds, if that. But it was be- awesome. Yeah. In that scene. <laughs> well, you guys tell me because, you know, when I, I had, I think it was one of those late night, you know, we worked very late at night. And I'm like, we're, I get into this scene and I'm just like, it, it, it's not scripted. It's not dialogue. You know what I mean? Normally dialogue, you can go, okay. Somebody says something, you cut to them. Somebody else says something, you cut to them. They walk over here. They do this. They do that. What I got with Robbie was a lot of footage that I didn't even know how it cut together because I got a lot of pieces of zombies doing things. And then I got Uh a lot of pieces of of Robbie driving around or stopping or uh, turning. And I'm like going – what 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 is all that? And I go back to the script and I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, but that's not kind of what I got, you know. And so I um, sat down with Juan Mass, who's our second unit director that shot a lot of that stuff. Um, and I said, please help me on how it goes. And it was so funny. The, the one thing before he came into the cutting room to help me guide me was, of course, the shots of Homer and 10K talking about what's going on mm-hmm. you know get out of it oh don't go that way too many zombies oh get mm-hmm. out of my way oh zombies got us through their dialogue i at least was able to figure out the arc of it and so i kind of roughed it together and then and then juan came in and i said okay ha- am i doing this right and he says no actually that zombie's supposed to go here and this <laughs> <laughs> and so he helped me out uh, shaping it a little bit more. And then, of course, from there, I'm like, well, I need I need some additional shots mm. because and, and a great example of one of the shots they got for me was the close up of the um, laser ball, mm. the eyeball, because they didn't have any close ups. And I really wanted to see that thing firing yeah. kind of like, you know, uh, like the uh, paying homage to uh, what was I thinking when I was cutting it? You know, we've all seen, I, I, for some reason, I was thinking the Enterprise. You know how it glows and then it yeah. fires its torpedo? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I was visualizing with that close-up of the eye. Is mm-hmm. you know, and it yeah. shoots. Um, so, <laughs> that's the funniest thing with that. In our heads, we can totally imagine what this thing is going to look like uh-huh. as we're cutting it. Because we have to kind of imagine. Because <laughs> we've got, re- in this case, we had red screen uh, instead of green screen, green screen is like the visual effects, you know, it's a, so you can replace the background and put in anything you want. And in this case, we had a red screen behind our zombies because our zombies were green. They were glowing green. Right. So we, oh, have a, yeah. we had to have red to counter them so that the computer could pull that color out and then put our background in. And, um, I'm starting to lose my point here. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I lost it. Uh, okay so then i guess my question would be what is the most challenging aspect of editing because it sounded like you not having all your shots or what you perceive to be all your shots uh kind of slowed you down or caused a restraint so is that normal or i mean is that the most challenging part or well the greatest thing about this show 
and working on this show is we are moving so fast. I think we have five days to shoot these things, maybe six sometimes. You know, uh, maybe you can count it six with second unit. I, I, you know, in terms of, I don't know how they structure it, but they say, you know, in theory, they say five to six days, you know, to shoot these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens is something like this will fall onto second unit to shoot as a, se- a second camera crew. And in this case, it did. And um, they did, like I said, he, uh, Juan has been this amazing second unit director. So what's been great about the show is we're moving so fast on all these episodes that as we cut them together, if there is something we feel we're missing, we can call Juan in and say, hey, can you, can you go out and shoot the truck with the cast driving by left to right? We need a shot of that. Or when they were shooting... Once again, when they were shooting the robot, um, can't I need a close-up of the eye? Or um, a, another funny instance was is how Robbie gets destroyed. Um, they had one shot that one got where the hands come down, but that's all you saw, the hands coming down in front mm-hmm. of Robbie. And I, I wasn't clear on what happened because that's all I had mm-hmm. was just a hand coming down and then kind of stopping. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what's supposed to happen? And I said, okay, okay, this is a great example where I, I get to be imaginative. I said, well, what happens if, the, if Robbie gets picked up and, um, and then ripped apart? Because we had the shot in the hallway in dailies. I had the shot in the hallway where the gang comes up upon him mm-hmm. and says, oh, poor Robbie, Robbie. And they make, and then, uh, 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 not Wilbur, but um, uh, Homer says, you know, sentiment is a fault or something. Some the great line. I love the line. Yeah. Well, two things were missing. One, we didn't have a close-up of the robot, like all destroy. I had this very wide shot, and I wanted to see what happened to poor Robbie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we went in and we shot that close-up that you currently see in there. And then to get to that close-up of him destroyed, then it's like, how did he get that destroyed? Mm-hmm. And that's where the concept of, wouldn't it be cool, this is how I pitched it. I said, wouldn't it be cool if somehow he's picked up and they're, they're wrestling with him and, and then mm-hmm. his laser goes off to get out of it and the laser draws a Z pattern and he short as he's being short-circuited out. <laughs> I actually and, don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I go, I, and everybody's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And it was like, great i get to be and that's the greatest thing about the show is everybody gets to be creative on it and suggest things to make the show better Mm -hmm. and so the fact that i got that inside joke of the z pattern of the laser in there and everybody liked it and and the visual effects once again jason and his team did a, a a great job translating what i was visualizing into what you currently see on the show um was exciting. It was very creative for me, and I'm glad I got to be a part of that creativity because that's what drives me as an editor, um, or um, uh, supports me. Uh, what's the white word? You know, it feeds it feeds your creative juices. Yeah, you know what I mean. It it, it allows it, it, it. Once again, Carl has done a great job. Everybody can suggest ideas, and if Carl likes them, they're in the show. And that's from the actors to the PAs to the, you know, like everybody all the way up. Costume, wardrobe, makeup, everybody 
says, hey, if we do this, will this be better? And if mm-hmm. he likes what he hears, it's like, yes, let's do that. And that's what makes the show as fun to work on. And at the same time, I think that's what you guys are responding to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that creativity that we're trying to put into it. Oh, I love the Z on the ground. I thought that was great. And and also when Robbie bit it, I was like, no, aren't you? No. Because that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I Star Wars fan there. Um, oh. <laughs> well, just to pick my temp sound effects, what I did to temp it out, and there might still be a little bit in there. I, I can't hear it, but I think I, I asked the sound guys to keep it in, is I had actually met, uh, I, I like to say this because he's so iconic, I actually got to meet the real Robbie the Robot. I met the guy oh. who currently owns him, and I got to go see him, and they turned him on, and this, the iconic sound oh, yeah. of him running. That is not a sound effect. That is just him physically running back in the uh, 50s. Is that when they made that late 50s, right. early 60s? Yeah, about I think that. they did it late 50s. Yeah. Excuse me for not knowing my film history here. <laughs> but to hear him running is so iconic. And I actually had recorded that because mm-hmm. it is so iconic. So I slipped that in in my temp. Uh, and I asked the sound final sound mix if they could actually mix it in or organically change it and have it in there. So it might be in there, but at least in my temp it was in there. And not only that, I added Star Trek phasers for the launch. I added uh, Space 1999 phasers. I did, <laughs> I did of course, R2-D2 screaming. You know how you get that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and they took that, and then they if you notice that when Robbie does die, there is some kind of, organic something that was inspired by my temp. And that is the other thing about temp, temping out a show. What we do is you can't watch it silently. The zombies, even for the editor, the zombies do not come to life until you add the, yeah, the growling. And I'll be cutting a zombie death or a zombie attack. And I'm like, this, this does not just, just, this is not working for me. This is not working. It's not exciting. I know it's a guy in makeup. You know what I mean? It's fake to me. And I'll add that sound effect in, and I'll go, wow, this kind of kicks ass now. <laughs> so I it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how important sound design is. Uh, it makes all the difference. It just brings everything over it. Mm-hmm. it. It really does. And even for the, for the editors and then passing it on and showing it to everybody else up the food chain, you know, it helps them visualize it too to say hey this show is really working and a great example once again is the nuclear power plant you know i had always seen it as there would be sirens stay away you know mm-hmm. like this warning warning stay away and, we, and you'll hear slightly in the background warning uh messages going off yes stay away also yes i was and, trying really hard to listen to those at times I was like what are they saying Warning, there's radiation levels, and it was just going on different things. So it was really, it, it was the exactly what you would think if there was meltdown happening at a, yeah. at, a, at a site like that. And we, and we perfectly recorded different messages. Uh, I think they were in French and they were in Spanish and, uh, and, of course, English. So we did it in different languages. And then Carl wrote um, some additional lines so that we would... Um, in, in those lines, if you were able to isolate them, you'll hear the danger growing mm-hmm. uh, as the plant is really getting ready to explode. You'll hear, you'll hear it, uh, the messages changing and saying, okay, I wish we would have had some fun and put, 
Now you really have to get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was nervous as it is anyway. I was like, oh, that was scary for me. <laughs> yes, I, I think they were in French. Or, I don't know. It was in it was in another language when um, they were trying to get into the elevator. Because I was trying to listen. I was like, I don't oh. get what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in the elevator. And, and, <laughs> and one of the fun things of French, you know, we wanted different languages, so it wasn't the same voice repeating over and over but at the same time uh dakota south dakota right mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. south yeah. dakota is so close to the border that it makes sense that maybe um uh some canadians were working at the plant yeah yeah <laughs> you know? so we, we kind of so we kind of like overthink this sometimes you know what i mean oh, but yeah. it's like to make it a little bit more believable it's like well what happens if other ethnic groups were working at the plant you yeah. would want to warned them in different languages. And if we could have found somebody who spoke Japanese, you probably would have heard that also in the background mix because um, one would think that um, since they have, a, you know, as we know, a huge uh, nuclear program in Japan, that some of their colleagues would come over and help this plant get developed and made. And you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. all, I think the world shares in the nuclear... Mm-hmm. Um, power plant thing in my mind anyway i could be totally wrong but one would think that there'd be people from all over the world at some point at these plants helping each other out and making mm-hmm. these plants very safe so therefore it would make sense to have different messages going off kind of like the airport right. <laughs> yeah true that just led me to this whole theory of see this is where me i start overthinking things waiting yeah. for them to run across um Somebody from Japan who came over on vacation who speaks like hardly any English <laughs> and is just like beating up all the zombies around him. We're like, who was that person? That would be awesome, actually. I like, it. I like that too, Brad. Good job. <laughs> and then where where I start overthinking it is okay. Everything was fine at the end when they left, but then here's this nuclear power plant running unattended. <laughs> That's pretty much well, Amelia's there too. Because they killed, um, they pretty much killed off every zombie in the plant too. Yeah, yeah. So Amelia will be the only one hanging out there, you know, like doing tours. It'll be a tour guide of the power plant. But you're at, that uh-huh. is actually the problem with um, what would happen in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, and yes, you're right. They avoided the problem for now, but sh- I'm sure that plant would blow up at some point. Right. <laughs> yeah. At some point, something's going to go <laughs> wrong. Know? But what? But what matters is they got out of there, and so it's not their problem anymore. Okay, True. so don't right. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. See, that, that was, well, it, until it, next season, maybe. Until yeah. next season, when they come across, you know, the the devastated area that's right, you know, irradiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a well, lot I'm of surprised I haven't seen any yet. There's a lot of power plants like that out there in the world, and in one right. of the uh, zombie. Uh, things that I was writing, they had that happen. It was like 30 years in the future. And everybody just kind of, they had a power plant that everybody just kind of located near because it had power and they had to keep it going or else bad things would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look what's going on in Japan right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about it, but it is, it is a, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not pleasant. I don't even want to get into that conversation, but in terms of being a, Somebody who, myself, being concerned about our environment and what we do to it, uh, just to, uh. (laughs) Yeah. Next. Okay, back to funness. (laughs) So I have a question for you. Um, Before you started working on Z Nation, were you a fan of the zombie genre? 
believe it or not, I how should I phrase this? Until The Walking Dead came out, I it was just there for me. I really didn't mm-hmm. um, pay much attention to it. I was aware of its iconic status with the old classic films. As a matter of fact, a close friend mm-hmm. of mine is, is one of the uh, actors in one of the early original Walking uh, 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 the Dead movies. Um, and so I was... I was very aware of it. I just wasn't a big fan of it. And then The Walking Dead for me came out mm-hmm. and I started getting it. And I also, for me, it's about the post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. and how humanity will survive or right. what they will do and and stuff. Um, so that's what drew me into The Walking Dead. But then all of a sudden I started noticing oh, what's the cool zombie kill of the week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what are they yeah. going to do this week on The Walking Dead? And how, what makeup job is Nicotera going to do? And you know what I mean? And yeah. I started sucked into enjoying that with the heaviness of yeah. the actor's arcs and stuff. Because yeah. for me as an editor, I got to tell you, maybe this is why I love The, the Walking Dead uh, and got became such a fan, is performance. Oh. Actor arcs and and stuff like that so now coming to when i got the call to do z nation a friend of mine a fellow editor who works on um teen wolf i'll do a name drop ed abrams gave me a call and said z nation is looking for their third editor they had uh anders and fred on already and those guys were doing all the work Mm -hmm. and i guess they got a little bit behind so they wanted somebody to come in and and help them out you know third editor and um I just I heard Asylum's name in there, and I went Sharknado Asylum. Mm-hmm. I'm like um, zombies. I knew it wasn't going to be The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So luckily, they Steve sent me over the producer on the show. He sent me over the first episode, and I go, "This is really good." The character, the characters were so formed in that first episode, yeah, which never happened. Not even Star Trek: The Next Generation. Did we really know what the characters were until third season, really, right? Um, so to see that so quickly in Z Nation and the character arcs, uh, the start of the character arcs, uh, I, of course, I fell in love with Doc immediately. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I liked everybody. That I go, I, you know what? This could really be exciting. First of all, the action. I really, I really get excited as an editor to be able to cut action. You know what I mean? Especially on a television show because budgetarily they can't afford to do big sequences. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. that's starting to change a little bit with the, the comic book drama coming into television. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's talking heads, right? It's mm-hmm. drama. It's character development. So to be able to cut action and have these great character arcs um, in the show and these great actors, mm-hmm. that the casting on the show I has been amazing. So to be able to cut that, I, I, I just, I said, please take, then, then it becomes, please take me. <laughs> please let me, let me do this. I had to fly up to Spokane um, and live there for three months cutting the show. Uh-huh. Uh, Spokane's a great city. If you guys ever get to visit it, please do. I, it's, it, especially if you like nature, because you got the small town with the nature there. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It was perfect summer months. I wouldn't go now. It's a little cold. <laughs> just a but, little. Um, yeah, just a little. But uh, to be able to go up there and, and, and work on this show 
uh, was great. I hope that answered your question there. It did. It really did. I have a question about the, um, you said uh, about the action in the Mm -hmm. the show, because, yeah, I did notice some differences this time, uh, you know, as they were going into the power plant Mm -hmm. uh, with some of the slow motion and then speeds up again and and all of that. I I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. John, uh, our, our, our main director on the show, you know, who did Resurrection Z and, of course, the first two episodes amongst others, but he's the one that I think along with um, uh, our, our DP, Alex, uh, they sat down at the beginning, way before I was ever on, and figured out how the show is going to look. It's going to be very point of view, handheld, you know, uh, very on the ground with our characters and stuff. And, and, and so stylizing in the kills... Um, you know, shoot everything at higher rates, film rates. Normally we shoot everything at 24 frames a second. Uh, they normally now shoot action scenes at 48 or 64. Uh, I'm wrong about this. 48 or 72. I can't remember the other rate because a lot of stuff is shot at 48, double the speed. Okay. So you get this lower stuff. When I cut Resurrection Z, the famous cafeteria scene, mm-hmm. uh, all that slow-mo footage was available to me. I could take a shot and instantly slow it down to whatever camera rate. 96 is another great rate to shoot at. I could easily sh- ramp it down to slow-mo. Um, but the cafeteria scene was so, um, what's the right word? Well, kick-ass. You know, mm-hmm. it just worked <laughs> at high speed because the zombies were coming out of everywhere and yeah. attacking uh, Mac and Mac stab. Like that sequence was so action that I did. It was great. Just get in there and boom. So now here comes uh, going nuclear. And I sat down. Nick and I uh, uh, got to spend quite a bit of time together while he right when he was prepping the show to even shooting the show. We got to hang out a lot together. And he his version of action is he like he says I like to get in there and just like just action scenes should just drive themselves. It should be really fast and kick ass and just really you know go 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 go. And that's how he. He, along with the stunt coordinators, if you notice, everybody is doing something at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like yeah. Rock's killing this zombie while, while uh, Cass is killing this zombie while Warren is doing this. So he shot it that way. Like, everybody's doing something at the same time, which caused a little problem for me editorially. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret. If you go back and look in the background during all this action footage... You'll actually see repeating stuff. Oops! I really shouldn't have told you that because it ruined. <laughs> oh, now I got to go back and look and go. Oops, I'm sorry, Brad repeating. already saw it. Right? Brad already noticed. <laughs> I don't know, Brad. Did you? No, not in that scene. But I can tell you the scene I did notice it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> save, save it. Fame really, put a pin Brad in that because I want you. I, I want to ask you that, but I want to finish my point here. But put the pin in that because I want to know. Okay. What I did though in cutting that action scene though, I was very concerned about the background. So I would try to cut it in such a way with a different camera angle to try to... And this is what editing is. Mm -hmm. It's distracting your eye to follow certain bits of action at certain times. And so even though Cass might be repeating action, you don't know that she's not doing the same action for killing something else. Right. Like twirling, that great twirl of the hoe. She... You'll see her twirling it, but the way I cut it, I tried to even make the background feel like they were moving forward, too. So that's how, uh, what do you call it, um, 
what's the right word, anal I get about everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at everything when I'm cutting. So now, well, he- I have to tell you though, when we watched that scene actually happening, when we watched it during Friday night, uh, my roommate and I were actually were were, were cheering quite a bit. Great. Well, it was such a great scene. So I cut it together. And then, of course, I came up to Warren cutting the the head off of the what I consider a doctor's. For some reason, she felt like a or a scientist, you Mm -hmm. know, someone in a medical coat. And um, the shot is she she didn't. She just sliced the girl's neck in terms of not even that. It was just faking it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the zombie falls down. And this was all in high speed. And so I slowed it down and I looked at it and, and, and Warren, of course, play, played by Kalita, she had this, she can kick some booty with mm-hmm. her, her uh, she knows, she, she's great with that action stuff. So just the way she moved and how she twirled and, mm-hmm. and the way Nick had covered her doing that, I said, you know what, I'm going to have to go slow-mo for this beat. Uh, so originally my first cut, that was the only beat that was slowed down. And then I went to Jason, the visual effects, uh, Jason McKee, and I said, is there any way possible that you would have time to, to have sever her head and have it come flying off as she rotates around? It was a really um, – I've worked with uh, uh, Robert, R- Robert Rodriguez on mm-hmm. his first three films he had done. So I, I, I channeled Robert at that moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Create this cool action thing. Is there any way her head can fly off? He's like, yeah, that would be cool. Let's, let's do that. So I'm like, good. I've created this beat. We're going to have the, we're going to see the head flying off. It's going to be really cool. And then, um, we were working on the cut. I think we were in director's cut, producer's cut. And, uh, Jody Beanstock had, uh, one of the producers had seen the scene and she goes, the scene really works, Eric. It's really great, but you only have one slow-mo moment. At the, be- at the end, why? And I say, well, you know, Nick and I, we'd like to just get in there, but this action scene was so slow. She goes, is there any way in the footage to slow down some other beats? And I said, ah, I don't know. Let, let me think about it. Let me see what I can do. And she went off. That's the worst thing you could do for an editor. Let me tell you. you <laughs> get, this is the best thing. Let me teach you something. All you fans out there listening to Z Nation, if you're in the business or trying to do your short films and you have an editor working with you, the best thing you can do for an editor to get, to get what you want out of them is put the seed of doubt in their head. Don't push them. <laughs> don't push them into doing anything. Just say, you know, that scene would be better if we had a couple more slow-mos in it. But it works. It's okay. See you later. Bye. <laughs> and then the seed of doubt is in there. So I'm watching the scene and I'm like, you know what? I should go back in here and just like slow down the beats that I liked too. Uh-huh. That I kind of in my, like you always think, well, it would be nice if that slowed down. Or So she actually kind of by putting that seed of doubt in my head kind of made me go, you know, maybe I should, you know, I, I kind of felt it too, you know, but I, I was too busy working on the rest of the show to go back to do that. I'm going to take the time to go back and reevaluate the footage and slow some of it down to see if it is as cool as it looks slow mode or as good as it looks normal speed slow mode. So that's where Cass's hit where she knocks the zombie yeah. down. That's where Doc, when he hits that, that zombie, that actor actually did that. And he actually stood up like that and took that hit, that fake hit that way. And it just always looked cool to me that he kind of, took the blow but he didn't fall down so slowing that down you kind of get the ripples in his face and stuff so 
by adding those beats and then going in and temp sound designing it where you get that, yeah. you know, the sound effects and yeah. going in there and temping that stuff in, all of a sudden the scene became 110% better, not only for me, but for, for everybody. Yeah, and we love that scene. That scene was awesome. That's one of the things I do like a lot about Z Nation is that you guys have these epic scenes where we, we get to see everybody fighting and it's clear that – well, except for Murphy, but it's clear that everyone can hold their own, <laughs> and it, it, that's great, huh? And 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 one of the things that you guys have been and and Nick really tried to focus on is you guys are saying, oh, poor Cass really hasn't done much. And I remember Nick coming home from the shoot. We got together for drinks or something. I can't remember, but he was saying, yeah, man, I just Cass kicked ass today in the yeah. fight sequence, and I'm yeah. like, that's great because that's how we were introduced to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Originally, as she yeah. was a great fighter, so to see yeah. her, and and then when Nick would tell me things like that, then that would put even more of my um, uh, awareness to it when I was watching dailies. Yeah. Oh, another great thing in that fight sequence when when she gets jab when she jabs the end of the um, hoe into the zombie. I went to Jason and I said, uh, J- you know, Jason, is there any way we can see the back end of the hoe come out the back of the zombie? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, you know, he, poor guy. He always rolls his eyes because he's got so many shots to do. And I just, once again, I just say, please, please. <laughs> and he's like, well, not much of it would show. I said, I don't care. You, it would just be so cool just to see some blood and a little bit of it sticking out. <laughs> But you see, that's and what I, zombie fans love. We love those good kills. Right. right. Details. And, Jason, and, Jason, and Jason loves working on those kills, but the poor guy and his team just don't have any time. So when you sit there and go, please, they're just like, all right, I'll just stay up all night to do this for you. Thank you so much. And sometimes I feel, you know, we were working right, literally right across the hall. I would step out of my office and step two feet into his office. So we were right next to each other. I felt like, if he was working on something, if he said, you know, if he said, you, you have to stay with me to keep me awake on this, I would have. Because to me, that's the magic of what Jason, like, I'm such a fan of Jason uh, McKee and his crew. I would just, when I was frustrated with my cutting, I would just step into their their, their room and say, what are you guys working on? Can I just <laughs> see something? And they'd show me like they were working on the, the, the uh, zombie NATO footage at one oh, point that when was I was great. cutting. And, you know, we were all like, what is this going to look like? And they start showing me what they were doing. I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> and I'd be jazzed and I'd run back in my room and, and get with that new burst of a little bit of energy and, and keep working. Creativity. So we had uh, a couple of questions from the Facebook group here for you. Great. I want to answer this, but I want to know what error something you found. I want to- <laughs> oh, Brad, you opened oh, up my, that. Uh, my but I like, Brad, I like Brad being that picky. You don't understand. When I'm listening to your podcast, I love to hear <laughs> that because guaranteed we have a reason it's that way or – I did not see that. So let's see what it's going to oh, be. I know exactly what the reason was why it was there. Anyhow, okay, we, we have the scene with Citizen Z up and hanging out there. And he's he has the, both the paddle boards and he's doing yes. them. Yep. And he's talking to Dog and the scene kicks back to Dog who's yawning. Yep. And why he's yawning, he's not doing the paddle boards anymore. Yes, he is. is I didn't see it. Yes, he is, but it's such a close-up. Is that how that, of the dog that, that it was just blurred out? Doing it. Okay. Go back. Let's both go back. Okay, I'll go back uh, and look because he was doing it. Now we might not have put 
the ball in there <laughs> because that might have been another cost. Okay. And it was such a fast Are shot. Are you saying he wasn't doing like, both of them at the same time? No, he was. <laughs> he was, but his arms were below camera. If uh, anything that you would have seen would have been the ball going up and down. Okay. See, I, I'm telling you, every single shot I analyze those, I just scrutinize and analyze. And the only thing I could <laughs> say that was wrong in that is they did his ADR uh, mm-hmm. after I had been off the show. And his ADR was supposed to come after the dog yawned, where he goes, oh, you don't know. <laughs> and in the show, he says it right as he's yawning. And I, I, for me, timing-wise, I wanted it because that was an added, well, it was kind I think it was a, a done on the set, but the noise of the computers in that room were so loud that they had to ADR it, audio dialogue replacement, where you have to actually replace the dialogue um, because the set is so noisy. And so when they replaced it, it got moved up over the yawn as opposed to right after the dog yawned. Mm-hmm. But that's just a pet peeve of mine. Okay, I'll go back <laughs> and look at it. I, yeah, I look at it again because I, I know that he was supposed to be still paddling away. And I, I think I even blew up the shot to help out with us not having it be a big visual effect. It was a, it was a quick one anyhow. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's how anal I get on on the cuts. It's like, yes, he's still playing paddle ball. Oh, visual effects wise or counts too high. Let me blow up the shot uh, and logically his hand would be below the camera line and the ball would be behind the dog's head. So therefore a sound effect will carry us through. Now I'll just Yeah, Brad. Now I'll just so really be looking. See if I'm correct. <laughs> see if I'm correct and obviously it actually didn't work out, so congratulations, Brad, on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have a 70-inch... How many times have you viewed it, Brad? Uh, twice. Yeah, Brad. I watched it twice. I do have a 70-inch okay, TV, it though. Twice. Guess so. how many times I've watched it, Brad? A lot. Yes, over 50. <laughs> 22 hours worth of watching it. Over at the minimum. <laughs> over and over again. And real quick, people always ask, how can you watch the same thing over and over again? And I say, look, if I adjust it by one frame, I am seeing something new Yeah. every single time. Yep. It's like a puzzle. If you're just by moving one piece here, it lets you see some other piece. So that's the way my brain is working as I am cutting this. I am looking at different things as I'm cutting. So I might be looping that beat. And I'm looking at I'm looking at the dog yawn, and I'm timing out when he would say his line, and I'm saying, "Oh, will we see the paddles there?" You know what I mean? And what's going on on the screen? And we're going to have to put a it, the middle screen was a blue screen, which means we have to put a graphic in there. What graphic is going to be on there? So just for that one shot, all that decision making was going on for that one shot. Yeah, Brad. Okay, I'll be I'll be watching now. I'm but I want to be continued on this, folks. To be continued. <laughs> I want you all to go back and chime in on that because it is something that we we do discuss. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know it's it's with a show like this is is I watch it multiple times and and I'm not because li- I I not Brad but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do too but um, I'm always looking for the character arcs that's where I really and I love the kills and that scene that you talked about was one of my favorite scenes in this last episode so I mean there's so many elements that go into the show that just make a really fun time for the viewer and y'all are doing a great job. Uh, well, we ha- I, and and we appreciate the fans reacting. 
to the way they do because we we do it for you guys. And the fact that this, this you guys came to the show, you embraced it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got picked up for a second season. Oh. We all are excited at what Carl is going to come up with for the second season because I guarantee if you thought the first season was wild, wait till the second. <laughs> I'm telling you, Carl has got. I don't know much. I'm just as a fan as you guys are yeah. with what Carl's going to do. But the little hints that he's told me about are like, whoa, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, fan questions. I'm dying to know. Fan questions. Uh, okay. Let's so see. We-, we have Courtney. Uh, you've already answered her first question about the most challenging part of editing. Uh, the second, her second question was, what was it like working with the glow stick vo- zombies <laughs> and editing them? They were, in terms of, it was more of a problem for production than it was for post. Uh, okay. Because for me, it, well, for me, it, they were the same. Um, what they would do is they did have some kind of glow paint and they would quickly put the black light on them so I'd have in my dailies, I'd see um, a great example is when we throw that zombie off the second story of the Passe kicks him uh, over the edge and he falls to his death. And then we cut to the zombie dead on the ground. We added some blood and splat. But the shot, my plate shot, had the crew in there with a black light uh, warming him up. And it was so cool to see. I wish you guys could have seen it. When they pulled the light away, he would glow for a while and then start to dim. And it was just the coolest looking thing. And I wish that would have been captured in, in the shot because the fact that he's dead now, he starts to dim. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but what, cool. they did, what they did do, this is where it did become complicated. It was complicated on the set because they had to have a bunch of black lights everywhere. Um, and sometimes those black lights would show up on banisters or uh, um, um, uh, Brad. Did you notice any black light glow? <laughs> no, I, I didn't see it. I'll, I can go back. Because if look. you do look for it now, you will see it, especially in the nuclear power plant and in that opening scene when they first encounter okay. our guys. Uh, a great example is 10K. When 10K pushes that zombie up against the wall, mm-hmm. his shirt glowed. And so I went to the visual effects department or, or color correction. I said, you guys have to... to dim down his shirt because it's glowing like a, a normal white shirt would. It's glowing mm-hmm. that, what is it, blue? What does it glow? It glows that black light glow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said that would not make any sense. So they t- toned that down. And then visual effects-wise, what we ended up doing with the, the zombies is we went in and we enhanced their glow. And then they added that, that kind of shimmery um, heat mm-hmm. kind right. of look on them. I like. Uh, the- you'll see that the most when Doc's commenting on him as he's walking around the first zombie. Yeah, I that- actually like that. Yeah, yeah, because the the somebody I can't remember if it was Carl or the producers or the network. Somebody said, "Well, wouldn't they re- be radiating something mm-hmm, too?" Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's like, so for me as the editor, I thought they were cool to begin with, and then of course they do their eyes, mm-hmm. and then they made them glow more, and then they added that cool shimmer to him and I, it, it kicked it kicked booty didn't it it was cool yeah, i liked it i liked it a lot i like yeah. that whole effect yeah and that's a great example of everybody coming together from production makeup lighting you know everybody was working on making what you finally see so it took 150 people and lots of discussions to get that final result that you saw on on camera or in the show. 
All right, we have a uh, question from Lance here also. Uh, he's a huge fan and thinks you do some great work also. Oh, thanks. And he wants to know, what was your favorite episode to edit and why? Well, one of them hasn't aired yet. Oh, so that's why. <laughs> uh, I would say, though, Resurrection Z. And the reason being is, of course, it was my first one. But more importantly, I got to kill off Tom Everett Scott. <laughs> um, to come onto the show and to be given that episode and the trust without them knowing other than my reels or my resume, my work, to be given that trust from the producers and Carl, um, I had a lot of responsibility. You know what I mean? To to do this. This was and I knew I had already seen the other episodes, so I knew how important this was gonna be to the show mm-hmm. and to our audience. Mm-hmm. Um and it was so funny, the show had already been shot when I came on board. So I, I actually worked on the show in show order. Normally that doesn't happen. We'll get scenes out of order and we cut the scenes and then we put them together at the end and then we see the show. In this case, I worked from the beginning and worked my way through to the end. And um, so I was really, this is where Bill, watching the character arcs that I had seen in the past, especially in episode five, at the end of episode five when... Garnett and Warren come together, you know, after mm-hmm. the, the twister was so um, endearing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's that why you, scene. Yeah, and that's why you see it in the recap, too. And so to come now, okay, where are we going to go with them? And to, to watch the actors do the little nuances that they do, like the scene when they're taking off their clothes, you know, um, I really, for me, was really watching what they were doing with each other not only through the humor, but through their expressions and how they kissed each other. Because keep in mind, they're, they're total strangers, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of sexually. And then they got to make this really work. And, and, and the actors did uh, such a great job, you know, Kalita and, and Tom, to really make us believe that they were really starting to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And, and me as the editor knowing that that, that would not continue was just such an honor. And then, of course, the action scenes in it. One of my other favorite scenes was was uh, the growth of Murphy when yeah. he's in the shower scene with that woman, who, by the way, I don't know if you know this, is actually a good friend of his. Oh, wow. Yeah, they like, uh, I, I, I don't know the full story, but they're very close acting friends or really close friends. So they got to act this scene out together. And so I remember telling uh, Keith, you know that scene you know because these poor actors they don't get to see anything yeah until they either do their adr or until the show is finally done so i just i would always tell them hey you know that that shower scene keith was kick ass i really (laughs) i love the scene in the hallway that was really Uh, good for me Mm -hmm. yeah where all of them were approaching them where they're up against the door and they can't get the door open because it's been um, wedged yeah. shut with that cross. Yeah. That was really, to me, that was terrifying. And I had so many people commenting um, to me about that scene. That was really just 
terrifying because you're seeing people turning in disease, getting closer and closer to the group. And just the way that built up was just, I was on the edge of my seat. I thought that was really a great scene. The well, entire me, episode was like, that was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, it was <laughs> just, so good. Just love it. <laughs> Let me tell you about that hallway scene. Cause editorially, um, it, I felt that all the pieces weren't there for me. And this is the pickiness of, of the editor. Of course, we always want more than we can have. And in cutting it, it when I read it, it read, <laughs> it terrified me in the reading of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I finally got the footage, and a lot of it fell in the second unit, you know, the main unit shot our guys up against the wall. And then the turnaround, a lot of it was second unit. Mm-hmm. And so in editing it, I just, it wasn't as impactful for me as the editor having it come together. And so once again, I was able to bring Juan in. I had cut it together. And I said, this is what doesn't work for me, Juan. Can we get a shot? Can we get a close-up of them reaching through? Mm-hmm. You know, that reaching through shot where they're reaching. Yeah. Can we get that shot? I, I'm missing that shot. Because keep in mind, since they shot the actor's first unit and then they turned around and did the zombie second unit, we really didn't have, if you really analyze the scene, we really don't have any connective material, meaning... The zombies, when they reach through, we don't have the reverse of that, almost grabbing our main characters. Well, you did a good job in fooling my eye because mm-hmm. I must have added that in my head. Because to me, I mean, seriously, everybody went that I talked to, that was just the scene that just stood out to them. Just scared the crap out of everybody. So apparently you did some voodoo magic <laughs> that created what you thought wasn't there because that scene just... That's the one scene people even say to me, like, even now, like, you know, that um, when we're discussing Z-Nation, they're like, yeah, that hallway scene was. Well, hats off to, you know, John and Juan who directed it. But uh, funny enough, you know, editorial, it's uh, like I said, it's what you do. Editing is an illusion. You're mm-hmm. taking pieces of stuff that normally don't connect together and connecting them together to form images that stick in your mind you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and and then your your perception of it and how you would feel you you get engrossed and you put in what you feel to be in that situation and one of the things that i did to trick you too was when um uh, uh, character cast the the, the character the actors when the door gets open mm-hmm. the light uh that uh, alex had put back there hits the lens so once again second unit wise i said let's make sure that the light hits the on the reshoot hits the zombies like we see the door opening up on the zombies so that that they get overexposed and they kind of what what my feeling was and what i told juan and i i you know i could be totally wrong about this but my feeling as an editor i project what i think i said when the light hits them the zombies that's what gives our actors our our cast our our our, our crew the split second it takes to get out the door and shut it. Mm-hmm. That the zombies are distracted by the bright light and that's how they escaped. So that's where it became really important when you got that shot of that one woman going, Bleh! you know, yeah, yeah. and then the door slams and then they're, they're away from. So once again, Juan did a great job getting those last little pieces that I needed to really make that, that hallway scene work for you guys. And I, I'm glad that people are reacting to it the way I read it in the script. Oh, yeah, definitely, without a so, doubt. Yes. That's very exciting. And, and that's what makes editing so enjoyable, that you guys, 
visually respond to it the way either the filmmaker intended it to do or in some cases the way everybody working on the show intended it to do. Mm-hmm. No, that that whole episode worked for me. I, I really I loved enjoyed it. the whole thing. I love the fact that we don't have any weapons. Well, we'll grab whatever we got. Yeah. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. go exactly. with it. I think Craig Craig also wrote that episode. Um, uh, Craig uh, Ag- Eigler. Um, and I, I find, I, I really enjoy his writing. I think he's got a great sense of of arcs and 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 everything like he just knows how to put together an action because he also did uh going nuclear also and uh, i think he knows how to to do that but to tell you the truth that was my favorite but i really feel i lucked out on this show and got three really great episodes i got really three really great directors i got great right i mean like i just really lucked out i feel like the three i got to put my stamp on um, as an editor, I'm really proud of the work that I've done on the show, uh, and 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 it was and uh, and likewise, it was also a challenge for me, which is what I enjoy the most. When something challenges me creatively, that is the most rewarding thing, and I try to have that reflect back in my work that I give back to the people to the people who hired me. I just. I think that everybody on the show, I mean, just behind the scenes and in front of the camera, has just created something that is just so much fun for us to watch that I find myself counting down to Friday. And um, that's a really cool feeling. And I, I had somebody on Twitter tell me they, were, they re- had just recently realized that we were kind of in endgame with this season, that there was only a few more episodes left. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself until it, the second season starts. Well, rewatch them again. Yep. That's what <laughs> well, we're going to have to do. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to end up doing. We'll rewatch them. Since we started like mid-season, well, past mid-season, we're probably going to end up doing some rewatches and talk about the uh, the whole entire season. Yeah, yeah please do, there. because I think you'll see once the season is done, you will actually see more on your second viewing than you saw in your first, meaning that the writer's room mm-hmm. really took the time to map out, especially Murphy's arc. Yeah, Murphy. I mean, Mur- <laughs> Murphy, uh, Murphy, you know, I mean, uh, he's doing an amazing job with Murphy. Oh, isn't yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, and to watch his arc via the writers and how they thought everything through for him and the complexity of him um, has been just amazing, not only to edit, but to watch. See, I've seen that with Addie's PTSD, which is really mm-hmm. I've appreciated because I have PTSD. So, like I said, I I started I recognized a lot of stuff. I, I even like identified her triggers and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was really good on their part. I thought, I'm and also Kalita's. I mean, everybody has a great arc. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> Tim K has a really interesting arc. It's mm-hmm. just it, they just keep hinting at it at little tiny mm-hmm. things like not knowing how to re- use a remote control. I have theories. And and not knowing what porn is and just all this. Yeah, and he seems, well, you know, uh, in this episode, we did get to see a survivalist cabin and a survivalist, and he understood it immediately. This was, to me, that indicated this was his life. He, his father and him, or maybe the rest of his family, were somewhere isolated when all this went down. He, he recognized that lifestyle and what was going on around the cabin. Like he said, okay, he's fixed up his defenses, not for humans, but for zombies. So right. I definitely think 10K's, li- I, I mean, 
has lived an extremely sheltered survivalist life. So, I, I, I wish I, we... I would have had time to to ask Carl um, that because I would have liked to have gotten the behind the scenes thoughts of his character because you guys keep meaning the fans keep bringing up these points. Why does he know to, how to drive? And da, da, da. so obviously we all, even myself, I think ten uh, K was basically almost in a bomb shelter in a way. He was yeah. definitely on some kind of ranch or something, just uh, almost like an Amish type yeah. of thing where he never, never left that one spot in his life. And I'm, then his father died and then he was on his own. And then he was on his own. Right. Yeah. And you know, when you introduced him, you kind of feel, believe it or not, you feel that loneliness, that mm-hmm. non trusting, but yet, uh, cause when he, when he's up on the roof, he's so totally mm-hmm. away from everybody. He's mm-hmm. able to kill everybody from up there. And then the fact that he comes down because he, maybe because doc said, Hey man, thanks. Thanks for mm-hmm. saving me or something that he's now able to come down and maybe trust these guys. But mm-hmm. as you notice, he doesn't say much either. Like he's mm-hmm. always watching. The guy's always watching. And then in episode two or, or three, the no, two, it was the oil factory. Mm-hmm. You know how he disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's always in, and, and, and I think episode three, when the family, uh, when the car keeps getting stolen on the road, <laughs> he keeps disappearing there. So you yeah. can see early on in the show, he's, even though he's with the group, he always like you guys can might get taken down. I think I'm going to step out of the yeah. way here, but at the same time, I'm going to watch what's going on and protect you. Yeah, what? he's he's a he's an interesting little character, and I think he comes across as very sweet, which is interesting considering he's like you know the murderous one who kills all the zombies <laughs> with slingshots. Um, so okay, okay. he set a goal, man. You got to keep to the goal. Yeah, you got to keep to the goal. If you don't have a goal, you're out of luck. Yes, <laughs> but in in yeah. this episode too, that was how he was with Homer, which Homer, the guy who can shut down a nuclear reactor, just perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I don't know if his, I don't know if his uh, way of shutting it down in terms of radiating himself so much that <laughs> it was a goner is the perfect way to do it. <laughs> no, it's not recommended. Do not we do not uh, endorse yeah. shutting down reactors that way. Don't go do it. You knew it wasn't going to go well when he says, yes, they would get an axe and they would chop yeah. the thing. <laughs> You're like, oh, like, my God, those people were killed mm-hmm. instantly. Pretty much. Well, yeah. here, here's a tri- trivia question for viewers that I'll throw out right now since we were talking about 10K. Who was the 2,317 person 10K killed? It would have been Homer. Ding, ding, ding. You're absolutely right. <laughs> So that's what's exciting is we're able to put a number on a person. Yeah, I, 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 every time he says the number, I'm like, I should be keeping track of this, and I never do. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Editor- editorially, uh, in, in, in Resurrection Z, you know, when he kills the, uh, the guy with the head on the side of the road? Uh-huh. I had to go to Carl. I think Carl said, hey, let's add, uh, let's hear him say a number. And I went to Carl, back to Carl, and said, but what would that number be? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And people are keeping track. <laughs> yes, they are. And him killing Homer though, that was like a really big thing for him cuz there was that little father-son thing going on yeah. and this was actually an older man that he could relate to. Yeah, that knew his life. Yeah. I mean, they they mm-hmm. had that lifestyle thing. But there was a lot of parental child relationship stuff going on in mm-hmm. this one because you you also had um um 
uh, Wilbur and his daughter Amelia. Yeah. You had um, almost, I guess you could almost say, like in a way, you know, Roberta Warren and Murphy. She's been his yeah. protector and everything else. And at some point, she's like putting him on that little plane going, okay, you're out of my hands now. Go off into the world and do what you're supposed to do. So there is a lot of kind of like that parental child thing going on, like the, per- the caretaker to the other person that they've been sheltering, kind of, you know, letting go or and I acknowledging. Yeah, and I guarantee you that was, I, I'm sure it was a big discussion in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all the writers, they all get together and they kind of arc out certain things and then they go off and they write each individual episode individually but I guarantee there there's that themes. kind of discussions and themes going on uh, in the show and, and let me ask you when Murphy took off in that plane did you did you guys feel that this might have been it not that necessarily that our guys would die Doc and Cassandra and and, mm-hmm. and 10k but did you feel like this is Mur- their the show might even split up even more? Did you guys feel that for a little while? I didn't I, because her I, name was Amelia. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Amelia Earhart's yeah. in a plane. She's dude. All right, there you go. They're not going you know, that far. Honestly, I kind of wondered. I, I kind of, like, I played with the idea simply because um, the show tends to go in unexpected places, and they're they're more daring. They're willing to break the rules. So I had really wondered if that was it, like that Murphy would go off with this other character and at some point um, – they would end up hooking up with the group again. I'd, I'd kind of wondered. But then when it crashed, I was like, well, her name was Amelia. So. Yeah. I went with the fact that we're using vodka for Avgas, yeah. which yeah. is not necessarily the best thing to do. I don't support that either. Don't try that at home, people. <laughs> well, it didn't work out very well, though, did it? <laughs> Along with shutting down a reactor. And when she was take when it was taking off, how the, the plane was sputtering. Oh, yeah, it was sputtering. So yeah. then I'm like, it's we're done. Because, uh, you know, I really, editorially, I really try to create a moment, and you see it on, once again, here's Callista doing a, uh, I mean Callista, <laughs> here's a Kalita doing a, a, a great job with Warren and really taking that moment, mm-hmm. and you can see it in her eyes. I mean, her eyes well up a little bit with mm-hmm. some tears, you know, a little, you know, you can see her eyes water up. Mm, oh, yeah, it was and great. through her face. You can feel him leaving her, and I just mm-hmm. editorially I said I just got to hang on her for the whole. And that was pretty much the whole take. You know what I mean? Uh, just hang on her and let her have that moment. And I'm glad that. I mean, obviously the director shot that moment, so that's exactly what he intended. But you know, time and and the way things cut together, sometimes that those things get truncated. And I'm just so glad that after I did my version of it and, and was able to do that scene never changed. Nobody ever changed the beats on that scene because I think everybody felt that was the right way to go. And as an editor, that's what's most rewarding is if you're able to to cut moments like that and get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I uh, liked how they how they said goodbye to each other with the point and the nod. Oh, <laughs> it's like that's as much as they could do. Oh. I, I don't know if I'm a big baby or what, but when when actors give you those beats, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, and I respond to it in day, like I always know some, something that I for sure have to cut in is when I'm watching dailies, and I I emotionally respond in the daily. Uh-huh. Then by cutting it in, it's only going to get stronger. Yeah, because of the cutting pattern and everything, and so I, I guard those moments. Uh, and a great example of guarding that moment um, 
was when uh, Wilbur was uh, and uh, Amelia, when Wilbur comes out and Amelia goes over to him. Mm -hmm. And that last shot, that wide shot where he grabs her Mm -hmm. and the suit actually rips. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you noticed that. The suit rips. And then Warren comes in and and basically stabs him in the back of the head, you know, killing the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sorry, Nick, but Nick wanted me to change that to go into more close-ups and stuff. And I'm like, Nick, you know, you've given me your notes, but this is the one I'm going to fight fight Mm -hmm. you on. Because when I saw it in the dailies, it was just so – I just emotionally – yeah. This is before sound effects and everything. As a matter of fact, the suits were so noisy in production in my my tracks that I physically got that a lot of time that was very distracting to me. As you can see, uh, that was cleaned up mm-hmm. in the final. Probably even cleaned up too much. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, but that was cleaned up. But so emotionally, it was so emotional to me. And this was before the visual effect of the knife. You know, the knife was mm-hmm. fake. So we had to put that in. And then Nick did bring up a point, which I, I did um, uh, consider, like, uh-oh. And that is the suit is ripped, but that's the same suit they're supposed to use later. Mm-hmm. And so that's he actually had shot another take because of that suit being ripped. Mm-hmm. And I, I then went and I, I, I listened to his note, and I went and I watched the show based on that note. And then I, Wilbur says, you have two clean suits. Mm-hmm. So then I went back to Nick and I said, Nick, he says two clean suits. So therefore that suit can be mm-hmm. ruined or destroyed. Right. Mm-hmm. And then from from there, he, he, he let me, I, I won that little uh, battle. And I'll probably have to take him out for <laughs> drinks many, many times. Because <laughs> he gave me that one. And I really appreciate him listening to my guttural response to yeah. what he filmed. That's another thing. Sometimes directors really... Oh, it, he he was on that ripping, you know, beat. He he mm-hmm. he was concerned about. It. It's like, no, dude, you really captured something guttural here and emotional. Oh, yeah. And it I was, did hear. Uh huh. Go ahead. It was it was again the parental child thing, and it also went to mercy. There were two themes that were very strong in the show: was the giving of mercy because she says my father wouldn't have wanted to be a zombie even for a few seconds, and the parental child relationship again showing up in that she didn't want to lose her father, which is interesting because when she becomes a zombie, she's following Murphy around like he's daddy. It's yeah, still there. It's it's she's Mm -hmm. attached to Murphy, and it's just Mm -hmm. and for the first time we're actually seeing. She's a different zombie than everybody else has been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because every all the other zombies, when they turn, they're running into ravenous and everything else. And, you know, Murphy brings her up while she follows the 100-mile walk from the trash outside. For <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exaggeration. <laughs> miles, and 10 minutes. <laughs> they all want to, um, you know, she's just hanging out. She's uh-huh. not doing the typical, I'm going to come kill you thing. She's just she like, just, she just I'm here. She's going to try to attack the humans. I want to know why you think she's doing what she's doing it's murphy murphy's the yeah, king of the zombies murphy. i'm convinced that murphy's the king of the zombies yeah he had it's um it's the connection with him he mm-hmm. she he was the first person that she saw when she awoke exactly. into zombie form mm-hmm. and, and he, it's something happened with that and she, yeah she knows he's different he's not he, he's the same as her but not mm-hmm. which is why she was kind of like doing it, it was like um I don't know. Uh, it, it, 
when she was doing the same hand motions that he was holding his head and stuff, like she's trying to learn something. Again, parental-child relationship. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because 10K is forced to once again give a father figure mercy. And, um, you know, because he gave his father, he gave his father mercy, mercy and then he had to, you know, um, uh, kill, um, his name went right out of my head, Homer. Homer. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was named, it was named after Homer. Oh, well, yeah, works at a nuclear power plant. Makes total sense. Was he yeah, married Greg to Marge? And Michael, Greg and Michael slipping in all the things they love. I, They're just as much fans of all these genres and different shows and slipping those little jokes in there. I love that. When when they were going to see Homer, I think I tweeted it. I said, they should just take him beer and donuts. You'll be, yeah. Come on in! <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the Mercy thing was interesting because, you know, they always give Mercy, you know, uh, 10K had to give Mercy to um, Homer and, you know, we saw where, you know, uh, Warren gave Mercy to Wilbur and then when it comes time for Amelia, um, Murphy can't kill her. He can't bring himself to do it. And then I liked what the end of the uh, end of the episode where he says, "Well, maybe it's time for a different kind of mercy." This one. She is not hurting us. I don't know. Maybe it's time for a different kind of mercy. He was so emotional over that, which is funny because you know he killed that mother and child in the previous episode. But- he did not kill them. He left them to their own device. <laughs> <laughs> they were I had smart a big though. thing with Carl on that beat because when I saw it, I was just like, what are you trying to do? Make me hate Murphy? I'm still torn exactly. up like you guys are. <laughs> See, we're fan- even working yeah. on the show, we're fans of the show. So we questioned our creator, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you saying about Murphy? And... I think Carl said to me, he's just taking care of himself and his family because he mm-hmm. knows they will not survive. Right. And it's like, that is very nasty. <laughs> he is, though. Murphy's yes. not a nice. I mean, see, that, that's the thing is, I think we all love to hate him. Mm-hmm. And we see these brief moments of humanity in him, and then we latch onto it, and then he does something completely Murphy like. And then we're like, you bastard. I love that scene. They should have locked the door. It's all on them. Okay, now this is the question. This is the question. I I don't even have answers to this. Is that I was so torn. I'm like, did he let the father in to find... Obviously, this mother can take care of herself with her daughter, meaning that they've stayed alive for for a while in this Mm -hmm. room, obviously. Um, By seeing her husband as a zombie, will she be able to kill her husband and then move on and I think somebody commented on on this. Will we see the mother mother daughter in the future? Yeah, I mean that was one of the things I I mean because she's armed, she right. can you know. So if she, I I think I, I Susan and I were talking about like if he so what if she shows up in the future and goes you're the jerk who left you know stole all our food and left our my zombified husband in to kill us. I mean, I would love to see that, Murphy busted yeah, that was, for his crap. Yeah, that was pretty shitty what he did with them by mm-hmm. taking their their food. That 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 you know, I hate Murphy for that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. uh, but but the fact that he let the father in two things. Letting a zombie in to kill off the mother daughter or letting the zombie father in to different kind of mercy, meaning so they may move on because they're going to die 
if they don't leave that room, they're going to die anyway. With Murphy, who knows? That's the thing I love about him. He's such a... <laughs> or letting, letting the father in so he can meet up with his wife and child, turn them into zombies, and they have a zombie family. And they're and all together. And then can join Murphy's you know, zombie army in the future, which I'm convinced is going to happen. <laughs> Oh, you he are. is zombie yeah. Jesus. I think he's, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> zombie Jesus. Which, speaking of that, back to six, that's one, one of the other things that I love oh, yeah. cutting it. That Wasn't speech. Murphy amazing in that scene? I mean, to yes. be able to cut him, and, and John did such an excellent job shooting it, the side angle and the front angle, uh, the different angles that John gave me, that I, and then Keith was so good in that scene that I was able to hold on Keith and just let Keith, do his thing, which is mm-hmm. so rare in television because they make you cut away. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are people? I need to see people reacting to what Keith's see, seen. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, probably being not only a television editor, but a feature film editor, mm-hmm. um, my instincts go towards more feature sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 you do not cut away on, on an actor that is giving you the performance that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you have the coverage like I did, thanks to John, cutting to that that side angle of him. There was just something so menacing and, and captivating in that side angle. And then, of course, the front angle with this chest open and the mm-hmm. zombie wounds. I mean, it was just, I, I, like I said, I was a happy editor. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also liked it, the humor, again, that's in... Uh, Z Nation, I'm glad it's not been taken away. I really like the don't hug the zombies lines. Oh. <laughs> don't hug the zombies. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things I, I mean, we can have these incredible moments, like you said, of gravitas, but at the same time, we also have this humor that slices through everything and just gives us moments to take a breath and just kind of relax ourselves. And there was. There were some great lines in this from Doc. There, there, Doc had all the great lines. This is going to be one of them days, ain't it? Every day is one of those days. <laughs> yep. Did Doc Come talking? on, give us our favorite one. Which one? Let's see. The doc, doctor line. I'm a doctor, oh. damn it. Not a nuclear physicist. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to tell you, Russell. Oh, my. Oh, and the Costco line. Isn't that great? You remind me of yes. my wife. Costco, yeah. Well, I'm my ex-wife back from Costco. Food Mary, have you. all the lines. I can't believe this is so cool. Several women, I'll have you know. None with very good taste. Stay in power. <laughs> and you heard my and you heard my warning message. Yes, yes, we did hear it. We did hear it. And, in that and one. what's so funny to go back to the to arc back to the beginning of the show here that we're doing is, as you can see, Warren for some reason Warren was distracted. By the plant and not engaging in what people were telling her and noticing that 10K is emotionally ruined and Doc's like having some fun with it. She's kind of just like staring at this plant, you know, like, whoa, uh-huh. well, I guess we're. So I, I purposely asked if we could put an OK message, hear an OK message during that sequence so that when she says, so we're out of danger, it just feels more natural that mm-hmm. she's actually hearing the message coming from the plant. And she doesn't have to ask that question. She hears the answer. You know what I mean? Or she hears, she, she hears it. So when she asks the question, it's not so. It, she knows the answer. Yeah. 
I liked um I liked the ending a lot where they're on the golf cart because it, they they've just had the worst luck with transportation. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I like how they had what was it the battery recharger stuck to the back of it. Now, are they going to go back to their truck or are they just going to keep going with the golf cart? What do you I think guess that could be a spoiler alert. Spoiler Uh-oh. alert. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, so we'll, the we'll truck skip it. the truck I think is gone. I can <gasps> No. They have to find it in season 2. They have I to find think, it in season 2. We get a new I truck. I think the truck <laughs> Or is it? Wait a second here. Well, we'll find out, won't we? You know, it's yeah. so funny because we cut, uh, just so you know, Going Nuclear was shot after episode 111. Oh, okay. This was supposed to be episode 109. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't know why it was delayed. Couldn't find a director or um, the location or there was reasons. So when I came on the 6, they were shooting 8, skipped 9, shot 10 which ends up being nine now in terms of the way you guys saw it. And then they were shooting, uh, they shot 11. So I was editing 11 when they shot nine. And then once nine was done, which is now 10, <laughs> <laughs> believe me, in the editing room, we were doing the same thing. Um, See, now I they, now, now that you said that, I would have liked for this to have been nine yeah. and nine to have been exactly. 10. Exactly. But the reason we couldn't do that was because we were so um, it was nine was shot so late and ten was already in the post stream. Fred was almost done with it mm-hmm. that um, it would have caused us a little bit of uh, of a, a complication because we had already started doing visual effects on ten, which is now nine. <laughs> so I, uh, see, but I so give them a said, lot of credit just, for that. Let's just flip them for editorial so we can finish them. Uh, so we have enough time. But for me, I had started cutting 11, and I had to stop cutting 11, poor Rachel, the director, and go on to 9, and then come back to 11 to finish it. So for me, when I say the truck might be gone, it's like, well, yeah, it was gone there, but maybe it's back here because I cut this then, and you know what I mean? So even I am a little... We think it would, you know, I I give them a lot of credit though because I think that sequence makes more sense at the the way they were written in sequence, like you know, script wise, because I because they aired nine and eight airing back to back. I don't think worked as well as it would have if they had been in the correct order. Right, we talked about that a lot. Yeah. That was that was yeah. one of my th- that was one of my gripes about that episode was the fact it was right after eight, uh, right after the hallucination so And sequence. you know what? That was never brought up. In in editorial, like we didn't go. Oh wait, like oh wait a second, we have a because we saw it differently. We saw it as um, oxygen deprived, right? Hallucination mm-hmm. versus PD. How do you say it? Uh, PTSD. Thank you. Loop dream. <laughs> yeah. So we saw it as two different, um, two completely very separate things. So we never thought, oh, we're doing this twice right so the fans actually <laughs> said wait a second here either way was, they're both into a different reality thing because i've yeah. i've had like the the ptsd one once you caught on to it you understood what that was about the hallucinations for carbon uh monoxide poisoning a lot of people don't catch those off so much i've had those happen twice before on me when i was <laughs> in the navy working on things and going <gasps> and it's it's a very weird sensation because sometimes you have the hallucinations and other times you don't. <laughs> and it's just like, you're about to die and it really sucks. 
That is scary. I'm glad I've never uh, experienced that. Um, I would like the hallucinations, though. (laughs) (laughs) I do have some very lucid dreams sometimes, and maybe that's what makes me um, a little more creative editorially, too, you know, because I can imagine some fun stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point I had, you know, the worst thing that happens. You talk about loop. Oh, maybe it is PTS. What is is it again? PTSD. You know what? I bet you I do have some in editing because there are shows that I will have the loop all freaking night and I won't (laughs) be able to break out of And What I mean by the loop is the editing loop. I will not be able to get past this one scene or or I cannot cut this and I can't get back. And I will have that and I will really wake up really bad. I mean, it's it's, it's really bad. So I wonder if I am having a little bit of that. Because uh, it does get, you know, keep in mind editing, you know, you ask me what editing is. You have production. It's 100 people shooting. So think of editing as an hourglass. You have 100 people at the top, you know, filled with sand. And then you go all the way to the, that little um, mm-hmm. centerpiece, whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. That's me. That little yeah. teeny, you know, I have assistants. I have my assistant. Um, Travis was the assistant on the show. So I have an assistant there, but not really. It's just because I have to physically cut it. So it's just mm-hmm. me. Right there, that little bit of the hourglass where the one piece of sand goes through. I call it the kidney stone. <laughs> it's very painful. And then it opens back up to post, meaning visual effects, sound design, you yeah. know, uh, producers watching it. You know what I mean? It opens back up. And if I think about it too much, it start, I start to break out into sweats because yeah. it really is me and my fingers doing that first pass. Mm-hmm. And then everybody comes in and surrounds you and, and gives you the help to polish it and make it what it what it is. So if you really think, I wonder how many editors break out in sweats and thinking of that, you know, that it, it's just me and my fingers that are yeah. able to put this together for everybody to watch. It's, it gets a little it, it gets a little overwhelming sometimes. And I'm glad that we do have on this show such a great showrunner, Carl who who gets it and and can come in and not only acknowledge the hard work that you've put in but then polish it and not only make you very excited and proud uh that you worked on that episode but he 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 helps strengthen what you did right editorially okay well, we've been going on for a while now. I think we covered the <laughs> whole entire be an show. Extra special long. <laughs> this is a long one here, so yeah, it's it's a good one. Uh, what do we have on feedback on the uh, Facebook group there, uh, Susan? Uh, well, Everard had a comment. He liked the episode. Uh, he had some pretty big issues, but in the grand scheme of things, they weren't deal breakers. Uh, I wish they knew what they were. Yeah, he well, doesn't say. He lists some some <laughs> oh, of them. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> His uh, biggest disappointment was that actor playing 10K didn't really pull off the bonding with Homer, but I don't think he had much to go with on the writing. Murphy was strong again, kind of sorry to see them leave the pilot behind. I loved that she was effectively his sidekick. I loved the glowing Zs. I give it a B. Which is a great grade. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I felt the connection between 10K and, and Homer, but also it was um, – 10K is kind of a – I don't he, – he's not um, a very emotive character though either. I mean I think he's yeah. he's mm-hmm. a quiet kid and and I, I I liked it. But I could see that maybe if you were looking for something a little bit more. Yeah, he, he's a very <laughs> quiet one. 
Yeah, I, mean, I could tell cool. you something. I could tell you something editorially. Is here we have three very talented actors that were hired to do this show, and I, I personally felt their deaths on the show. So, I hope that the audience, even though it's forty-three minutes, felt that these characters were at least a little formed before they were killed off. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You got their relationships. You got their, li- their you got their little arcs in what brief moments they were alive in the show. I, did, I think it came across. Yeah, I think Homer came across for me. It's basically yeah. this was Tin K's father that we never really met. Yeah, it's basically where I got it from, and I could tell that as soon as his suit was well, as soon as his suit was broken. And it wasn't going to end good for 10K. He wasn't going to be, he was going to be an emotional wreck afterwards, pretty much. Or. And he was, because it was, you know, he'd started, he'd found someone who spoke his language. They were both survivalists. Mm-hmm. They understood each other. And I thought his little breakdown at the end when he got out of the, of the plant, I thought that was really well done. I thought the actor did a good job. Oh. So, I mean, it might be because he's a quiet character that it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of speaking his language, I really want to see in the future. You can throw this little bug out there somewhere. I want to see Tin uh, K's girlfriend from Welcome to Fubar show back up somewhere with the fifty caliber. Yes, <laughs> yes. it would be nice. Because I, <laughs> I even asked about it. Is that you know? And Carl just keeps his he he puts the he, he just keeps mum on certain things. You know, it's like not telling these four editors who have to. Do your arts, but it would be um, it would be fun if we see quite a few characters that have. I would like to see. Yeah, I'd like to see Brittany again. I thought she was a cute, cute little thing, and she could shoot almost as good as 10K or better. Maybe I, I want to see reoccurring zombies show up across the nation. No. <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind, though, guys, that if 10K's uh, what what was the character's name? Uh, I Brittany, the, I think was it her name, Brittany. Yeah, we'll see. What it's is, Brittany. What what ha- you know? What happens to Cass then if she comes back? Because isn't there something forming between Ken K and Cass? Isn't there a little bit of attraction between the two? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I, I thought he had more of a crush on her than she did on him. But again, I haven't seen all the episodes, so. Well, but in the episodes we've seen, isn't there something <laughs> forming there? I mean, look at how jealous she was in Seven. <laughs> you know, I think I may need to go back like, and pay more wow. attention to that. Then let's see. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, to go back and look. I, well, I, but you know, I watch all these episodes multiple times, so I'll. I'll um, well, we have a couple more. Yeah. Uh, uh, Court, she liked the the glow stick Z's. She hasn't <laughs> seen that before. Uh, another great episode. Uh, Scott, he's the one who posted the picture of the uh, what I'm going to call the pretty, pretty pink, pointy. Princess backpack uh, <laughs> that Murphy's been carrying around. Yes, yes. And you can get that at Marshalls for fifteen dollars. By the way, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, back where you guys are, you think you, I can find one out here in LA? I don't know. Yeah, I they wonder. have Marshalls there, don't they? They do. Well, but they don't the always I have the same stuff. Right? They all have. Different yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So somebody buy me up one, please. <laughs> Scott, you you're going to have to buy a backpack for everybody now. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you back. I promise. And what, what he had to say about the show, he said it was very ambitious of course we're all interested in murphy's powers uh in this episode murphy reminded me a lot of the guy who owned the yacht in the remake of dawn of the dead the rich entitled prick who assumes mm-hmm. everyone is supposed to save him <laughs> i think he got the message though 
I think he did, but I don't think it was Warren who got it, gave him the message. I think it was Amelia. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Amelia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, uh, I'm I'm little, what, what message is... What, what, I can tell you for sure. What is it, though? <laughs> I, I, I got I think, wrapped up. I started thinking about what he was saying, and I forgot what he commented on. Like um, That he assumes everyone is supposed to save him, and I think he got a, the message, though, that not everyone... I mean... I don't know. I got what I think. Yes, the Murphy did get it when 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 mm-hmm. when Warren says, "I was about to say, be thankful for all the people who have sacrificed for you." Mm-hmm. And then Murphy's reaction, of course, is, "Oh shit, I've been a dick." <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> and I can't say thank you, but I will at least give yeah. you that that. Finger thing and point and the face. but I think I thought it was underscored though. I think when he really, really got the point, ha ha ha, since she was impaled, was Amelia, because it was one more person who died trying to get him where he's supposed to go. Yeah. That was what I got from it. Um, that he was because he was like really upset that she had died. He was pinning. You could tell he, he was wanting to do the mercy thing. He had the rock. Yeah, but she comes out because you know let her out anyhow. But she comes out and then doesn't, can't do it. <laughs> Just can't well, do it. She was being a child to him, though, again, because even like when she was mimicking his actions and stuff, it, again, it was the child parent relationship establishing right. itself. He couldn't do it. You know? Well, the fact that this is somebody, I, Murphy hasn't killed anybody, Mm-mm. right? No. Not that we know of. Yeah, we haven't seen Murphy kill anybody. Not with his show. hands. <laughs> and the fact that now he has to. Mm-hmm. And yet, here's somebody that he personally got to know. Mm-hmm. I think it was too. I personally feel it was too much for him. Yeah. And then the fact that she was a puppy and kitten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. She latched on to him, made it even worse. I think if she would have gone after him, I could have seen him barely being able to kill her, but he could have killed her. See, isn't it funny? Even working on the show, <laughs> I have my own theories. Right. <laughs> well, he has well, the closest we've gotten so. to him trying to kill anyone is when he bit the guy and welcome to the food bar. But he wasn't I, I, really trying to kill him. I think he just had a moment of zombie. Well, um, he was grabbed, but he was grabbed by the guy, yeah. and then the guy started attacking him. Right. Yeah. And right. then he there defended himself, and his 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 whatever was inside of him kicked in. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Wasn't Murphy who bit him? It was what Murphy's becoming. Yeah, that bit him. Right. That's the yeah. way I saw it. Okay, I more Z every day. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, Eric. I can tell you on that on that episode. Welcome to Food Bar. There mm-hmm. was a scene in there for me that just, <laughs> <laughs> and it was right there. It was right after Murphy bit the guy, and he goes to pick up the key for the for the uh, uh-huh. the, the whatever car it was, and it's a blank key. <laughs> You said that I got to go back and look at that. I screenshotted it because it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a blank key because, believe it or not, that car ended up being a, a zombie extra. Drove that to set uh, to be in the show, and the production saw that and said, oh, "That's got to be the car that we have as the one that Murphy tries to steal." So, unless that, and I could totally see them using that guy's real key. The real that was like the real key to the car. I could see that happening, and so this that I got to write this down because that is a fun thing <laughs> to try to find out. You know what I mean? Uh, as a matter of fact, do me a favor. Uh, um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll try to find that out and let you guys know because the key to that car, that was a very observant thing. But maybe the guy who owns the car doesn't have a lock on it. It's, it's a blank. <laughs> I had I put a, I posted a screenshot of it on the Facebook group. I don't know. If yeah, because you know, think about it. it. Think about with your car. If you actually have a blank, everybody that sticks a mimicking key into it couldn't start it either, right? Right. It's still That's a key. Weird. Yep. No, yep, it's it's right here. I'll go ahead and I'll tag you on it in the Facebook group. How's that sound? <laughs> yes, please do. And, and we'll try to get, let's try to get the answer. Oh, I'll my God. Or, or something and say, Keith, uh, do you know anything about that? <laughs> <laughs> and and I know no one else notices these things, but I'm like, oh, no, look, that's a great. Game. See, I love it. You, I can hear you ladies going, oh, my God, he's embarrassing us. <laughs> I, the more pickiness, the more detailed the fans are. The more I'll either say you're absolutely great, you're, I mean correct, you're absolutely correct, or oh, really? <laughs> My joke is I just enjoy the. I enjoy the engagement that you take the time to think. You don't just watch it. It's like eating popcorn. You don't just watch it, and once the bucket's empty, you throw it away. <laughs> you actually think through it, watch it several times, really try to see what we've been. What everybody on the show has been doing is to give you something that maybe on the outside looks fun and light and fluffy, but if you really watch it, it's yeah. actually doing what sci-fi shows do. Ask yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. And, but Brad's and- still going to end up with zombies on his doorstep, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, no, I'm prepared. <laughs> See where I'm screwed at is when, like, if my dog gets turned into a zombie, then I'm I'm done. It's it's game over right there because she's gonna take me out in a heartbeat. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that on your podcast. That was awesome. She's a big baby, mind you, a big baby. She'll just turn you so you can be together forever. She would too. She's like my shadow. <laughs> she's really mad. I'm not. She's not in the room right now. But yeah, she would. She would. Do you it. just keep her in a cage and feed her other. Oh. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Get her going. <laughs> she's a mean dog. No, she's like the not. zombie bear. You guys saw that trailer. Yep, can't wait for that. Uh, so, do we have anything else, Susan? Um, no, that's all the all the feedback. I don't think we got any emails this week, but most everything's been on there. Uh, the Twitter stuff. I don't have. <laughs> there's so much going on on Twitter with me, so I don't. I didn't have anything right off the bat because I was doing. The Zcast one and mine at the same time, watching the show and talking, and yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was it I, was a, such a good episode. I mean, that's what it was. There was so much going on on Twitter, and that's one of the one of the fun things I like is all the everyone on Twitter talking about it. <laughs> you know what I like about Twitter? I, I never understood Twitter until I started. You know, because I do uh, tweet during the show, both both the New York feed and and the LA or West Coast feed, and um, one of the things that I love is watching is you know how many comments are coming through every second or whatever mm-hmm. when all of a sudden the tweets slow down because we've hit a certain moment like when garnett died mm-hmm. the tweeting stopped oh. <laughs> for the most part <laughs> so it's fun to watch our twitter feed ebb and flow based on how you all of a sudden you guys are engrossed in the show and you i it yanks you out of the twitter universe and all of a sudden you're like what just happened <laughs> so it's kind of fun to watch uh, the audience uh, and, and of course being an editor that's always been we don't get that in television we don't get to sit in a theater with the audience like as a feature film editor 
I get to sit in the audience when we're testing the film and watch the audience ebb and flow with it. So mm-hmm. if they get bored, I know I need to tighten up that moment. If they're totally into this beat, I get the the, the joy and the laughs and the scariness. You know, when they're you know, I get to feel the audience. We don't get that on television, and that's something that Twitter has kind of brought us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exciting. That's why I like tweeting live and watching um, the Twitter feed because I love, and I'm starting to recognize people. Uh, I, I'm starting to get. I'm starting to become fans, including yourselves. Uh, in that, uh, there's a couple other ones. I think Ellie from L.A. or California. She's another great tweeter. The comments that she makes just bust us up on the show. So it's fun. You guys keep tweeting because we do start to recognize you guys as fans. You guys start to shine with with your tweets so keep at it for us please. yes and if you're not on the twitter go get on the twitter just, yeah. just get on it on friday nights it's well worth it it's fun <laughs> follow zcast fans and we got we got lists of everybody on there and you'll see all those cast and crew on there um yeah this week i didn't have any well <laughs> tony uh bakira bakira how do you say that yeah he's Oh, Tony's great. Tony, he? Yeah, he's like, you're not supposed to notice things like that. <laughs> he, he totally called me out on the Canadian zombie Mountie. I'm like, you're not supposed to notice that. But I'm like, I love the Canadian zombie Mountie because it just, it, he told such a story. Yes. He's, you're, guy, you're still harp, poor Anders, the uh, editor of that episode. <laughs> you're still harping on that continuity error that you caught. See, you caught us. You no, caught no, us. I, no. I, see, I'm that not, Canadian Mountie loved that hat so much, he put it he back it on when he but knocked zom- it off. But believe it or not, zombies do not pick up things. Uh, well, <laughs> they, they picked up Robbie. Notice, well, that is my mistake. <laughs> I will stop to that because Carl was in the room and Carl says zombies don't pick up things. Oh, and I went, oh it's just uh, well, I said, I said, well, that's good to know. After I made the second unit shoot it, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, geez. And um, I felt really bad, but it's it's like at the same time, I said, Carl, though, but here's this thing that's creating a lot of havoc and 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 just like drawing attention to itself. Wouldn't they attack it? Right. You know, and I might have presented that argument well enough to him that he said, well, why don't we not? Because I actually showed them kind of picking him up. He -hmm. says, why don't we not show it? And then all of a sudden Robbie's in their hands and Mm -hmm. and then we can still keep to zombies. Zombies don't pick things up. I mean, that's straight out of our showrunner's mouth. So my feeling is that this thing was causing so much havoc that they attacked it. And that's how they destroyed it, that they attacked an inanimate object. Um, so because they go after anything that's because I, I truly believe that they would go after rats. Don't you think they'd chase after rats? Depends well, on the mythology. It, it, oh, it, it, and it, you guys would be the best to know that. Yeah. That's that, you know, so <laughs> would they? Because in, in some in some uh, Z literature and Z movies, uh, zombies don't pay attention to animals. They only concentrate on humans. Right. And then in some, it's they do pay attention to animals. So it really depends on whatever the showrunners or the writer or whoever uh, decides what the rules are. But the rules should always be stuck to. Whatever you decide on, you should always stay with those rules. Well, we're, so. we already have zombie animals, so I'm going with the fact that, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll go in after them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and going with that. 
Yeah, because you see, and maybe I've now, I don't, I kind of. Unless it's airborne, though, because then if it's airborne, then the animals would have been contaminated just by breathing the air, and then they die and become zombies. Yeah. That is something that hasn't been answered. Mm -hmm. No, we don't know. (laughs) Yes. I know. I can't wait to get the answer to that because I was kind of putting uh, The Walking Dead. I, I was talking to somebody about the show, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm putting Walking Dead logic now in the Z Nation. Oops. <laughs> Two different universes. They are different universes. Yeah. In my, in my poor mind. Yeah. <laughs> they're starting to blend a little bit in terms of zombie logic. So just yeah. so you know, I'm, I'm not harping on the Canadian zombie one. I love that scene mainly because it shows that he walked all the way from Canada <laughs> to Nebraska. Was it right. Nebraska or South Dakota? Anyhow, that was Nebraska. It shows that they. they oh, that was Nebraska. Right. Yeah, it shows that uh, it, that they get around, they go places. Zombies end up mm-hmm. in the craziest spots, like air shafts. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when Doc got stuck in the air shaft, and there's a zombie right there. Well, you know how it got in there, right? Bill yeah. Mosley threw him down there. Exactly. <laughs> the doctor said I, he didn't like his diagnosis, and he threw him down there, just like he threw Doc down there. Right. All right. <laughs> well, I think Susan has a last question for you. And you get to pick a number between 1 and 26. Right, this game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, 3, 6, 9 are always my favorite numbers, so I'm going to go with 9. 9. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite movie of all time? Ah, see? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I have looked back at my my influences is that influenced me to become an editor, what movies have influenced me. And I narrowed it, you know, I have 10 that I have, but the one that, that just, and this is the same with my generation. The one that just uh, blew my, my mind was star Wars. And even though star Wars is flawed, um, I still, I just still remember that memory of going to that film and and a lot of people don't even you know all the new generation they don't they don't understand the impact of seeing that opening shot of that ship coming over our heads and even at this time the sound design of the movie and the visual effects um it just and the costume design and the set design like all of those things really impacted me as a young uh um, i wasn't even a teenager i was 11 years old at the time um, so that's the film that I put on the pedestal as I, I, cause I looked at it and I said, I don't know what that is. Create how, how, to, how they created that world that I'm seeing. Cause I got that it was a movie. I got that, but I didn't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I said, whatever that is, I want to be a part of that, that creation. I want to be able to create help or help create that. And, that's an interesting um, answer. You know why that's an interesting answer? Because that movie was saved by editing. The first cut of that movie was so bad, they thought they had a flop, and they hired two editors who went in and recut the whole thing and saved the movie. Isn't it, and, that, and, that, and I ended up being an assistant for one of them. So you can imagine me oh, wow. working. <laughs> Very cool. And then being told, don't ask him about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Because he gets asked so much, and I was just dying. And luckily, one one lunch somehow we got him to open up a little bit about it. But, but it, it drives me nuts. Here I am working, 
for one of the legendary Star Wars editors, <laughs> and I can't talk to him about Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> You're killing me here. But, you know, I could just give you a couple other films, Poseidon Adventure, Believe It or Not, Jesus Christ Superstar, Jaws. Oh, yeah. Um, for some reason, The Eyes of Laura Mars. I just saw that film again. I'm kind of going back and, and revisiting some of the films that stuck with me. Alien. Um, so, oh, and, and fame is another one. Fame, you know, I, I'm able to pinpoint, I go back and I watch these films, Jesus Christ Superstar. Of course it was a musical, so the music in it, but more importantly, the lighting, the DP work on that movie is very simple. No sets shot in real locations, but the lighting is what I keyed into on that movie. Fame, character development, the arcs of the characters in that movie and to feel their emotions in that. Of course, Jaws, the terror. I could not go into a swimming pool after watching that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean it. I would have nightmares of, of, that, of things like that. Oh, I um, remember that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you on that one right there. Yeah. Like, no. The exciting adventure, once again, the coolness of flipping the ship upside down. Oh, yeah. You know, and to be able to see that. But it was the characters in that movie, how I felt for every single character in that movie. So when they were being killed off, I felt something. And to, to link this back to our episode, Going Nuclear, that's what I tried, tried to give you in my brief amount of time with Homer, Amelia, and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Wilbur. I really did try with what I was gi- given in terms of footage to make sure those beats were in there so that you cared about these people as they died. I didn't want them to be on the side. And maybe I didn't fully succeed editorially, but or maybe I succeeded editorially, but then time, you know, you can't get attached to somebody in 15 minutes. I'm sorry, no matter what you do. I felt that those deaths came across very well. In fact, um, um, when I was watching it, um, when um, Amelia was dead, I felt really, I actually felt bad. I was like, bummer i thought maybe she'd stick around for an episode or two right but. yeah i'm with you on that i was kind of hoping we'd have her for a while but nope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i felt that way too like um editorially i i tried to hide her reveal as long as i could to where when that door opens and then you mm-hmm. see, and then you're like oh like you're like murphy you fit mm-hmm. editing that's what i like editing that's what i try to do i try to make you feel at the same time as Mm-hmm. The other person in the scene that your with Murphy's reaction was your reaction. Yeah, and it was. I think it really was. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Eric, it was great having you on the show. We'll have oh to get God, you back on at some being point. here with you guys. I could talk to you guys for another three hours. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna eat dinner at some point. Well, <laughs> I gotta go to a movie. <laughs> um, we'll we'll have you back on later to talk about stuff because it, it's a lot please. of fun. Uh, for, Anytime. Thanks. Uh, for anybody uh, out there, you we are doing another podcast this week, uh, a little special one. Mm-hmm. It's the Murphy Special well, Podcast. I know. I'm so excited. You're going to get Keith? <laughs> yep. We have Keith. We're doing an interview with Keith on Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's oh you're gonna oh you're gonna enjoy. He is such a great guy. And ask him that key moment. Okay, I'll ask him the key moment. <laughs> Save it for you guys. I will not call him. You call you ask him that. I want to okay. hear what his answer is. So for all you listeners out there, if you got some questions for him, you know, send them in. He I just might said, even have to think of a couple. He said okay for the questions, so send some questions in. Yeah, call uh, him voicemail. Yeah, call yeah, what's, email. What's her voicemail there again, Susan? 
It is 470-309-2278. All right. You can call the voicemail. You can go to the website. You can leave it. Leave a message through there also. Send an email. Hit the Facebook group. All that fun stuff. Your chance to talk to Murphy. <laughs> the, the man you love to hate. And then we might have somebody else for you to ask questions. See, we got to clear that up first. Yes. On oh, Sunday. Yes. We've got another guest coming up. It's so exciting. I'm excited about that one, too. I'm just thrilled. I'm excited about everybody. <laughs> I am. Everything. I'm giddy. Uh, I won't tell you who it is, but I'll give you a hint. Don't hug the zombie. Got it. Okay, that's, that's your hint. I'm just, you know. I'll give it away, why don't you? <laughs> Are you going to actually have that zombie? You're going to have that zombie extra on the show. That is so yeah, cool. I got him on here. He's a great guy. And, and ask him how he felt being stabbed in the face by a uh, fire iron. Oh. oh. Can't oh. wait. Next week, Sisters of Mercy. Awesome title for an episode, oh. by the way. You guys, some stuff goes down in that episode. Uh, you know, you guys, have gotten, you guys have gotten safe with people surviving. Oh, oh no. Guarantee. Oh. Oh. Next week episodes. <sighs> I'm not saying they nothing happens. I'm not saying something happens. I'm just saying uh, roller coaster ride. We are now at the top of the roller coaster. I was hoping this episode, Sisters of Mercy, would actually have some Sisters of Mercy uh, soundtrack music to it. <laughs> no, that's just my little goth geek moment there. <laughs> well, I wish cool. I knew what it sounded like, but I can say I've 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 uh, heard the score for it, and our composer. Uh, really did a great job with that episode. I'm I'm very happy with the uh, sound that he did for that episode because uh. that episode um, uh, did, uh, had a slightly different sound pal- palette in terms of music that we've heard throughout the show. And he stepped up and actually gave us some really cool. And I'd love to talk to you, you know, about it after the all the next three episodes have aired because I think our show has really developed a musical. Um, music is very important to me being an editor, but it really gave us a musical uh, arc, the, the, his music in the show. Mm-hmm. And the, the themes that he's developed throughout the season have really become interesting. And they kind of remind me, they kind of harken back for me musically to almost the 70s for some reason. I don't know why. And what those cool composers, I'm not saying he copied anything or anything. I'm just saying that the flavor, his unique style and the flavor of music that he's decided to use the instrumentation uh it's been really cool to hear him develop that arc throughout the season you know what i mean yeah i can't i I love the music for i love the music and welcome to the food bar and stuff so i i'm just i'm excited i'm sad that there's only a few episodes left and you know because i'm unemployed Susan, hold, Susan, you must hold me at the end. I will cry uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till uh, till next week. So, well, Eric, we usually you know give our listeners mercy at the end of our episodes. So, uh, as our guest, we'd love for you to do that. Uh, okay, I am honored. So, let me uh, channel my acting here. I give you mercy. That sucked. Let me do it again. <laughs> I'm gonna be more just. Take I think, two. Okay, I'm gonna be Charlton Heston at that moment. I'm like, wait a second, this is emotional. I'm killing somebody, so let me give it to you again. I give you mercy. <laughs>